Welcome, my friends. Once again, I bring you greetings from the Center Church of Christ, meeting at 110 Hearst Street in Center, Texas. We continue to appreciate the comments we receive on our visits from those of you who are listening to these lessons, and we do prayerfully ask that you encourage your friends to also visit with us, study with us, and tune into this podcast. What we're going to ask you to do now is the same thing we ask you to do every time we come together. Stop checking that Facebook page. Ignore those incoming text messages and emails. Take just a few minutes out of your busy schedule and let's visit together about the things of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. In our visits these past few weeks, we've been talking about the storms that life brings upon all of us and getting through those storms. In our last visit, we talked about the storm of doubt and discussed how that all of us sometimes have our own personal crisis of faith. And I do hope that some of the thoughts we shared were helpful to you. In our visit this week, we want to consider something else that we all experience at some point in our lives, and that's a feeling of inadequacy, if you will, the storm of inadequacy. Are there ever times in your life that you feel that way? That you feel inadequate? Times you just feel like you don't have sufficient resources for the tasks you're facing? Those moments when you just feel insufficient? My friends, I think this is a storm that is common to most of us. There are very few who are immune to the struggle for adequacy. Even those we often view as strong and self-sufficient. Are there times when we feel we just can't go on? So overwhelmed we just seriously consider giving up? Now you may not have struggled with this, but I'll admit that I have. That's where these storms of life we're talking about are coming from. For the most part, they're things that I have struggled with. Often those feelings of anger, rage, and embarrassment Feelings of fear and loneliness and humiliation come to the best of us. Feelings that come from a deep-seated sense of inadequacy. A feeling that we're just not up to the task. At times, these feelings run so deep, we just want to disappear. Have you ever felt inadequate to meet the needs and demands of family? Unable to fulfill the demands and expectations at work? Unable to face another week when we barely made it to Sunday? Not wanting to go on living really when dreams have crashed and burned? Folks, it's always something. Those who exude confidence often secretly struggle with inadequacy. To be human is to feel inadequate. What we must do is instead of focusing on inadequacy, let's think about adequacy. What does it mean to be adequate? It means that we have the ability and the resources to meet certain requirements. It means you are capable. You have what it takes to complete the job. You're up to the challenges you face. To be inadequate means just the opposite. It means we are incapable of meeting our challenges. 
And that's the reason that most of us disguise our inadequacies. It's hard to admit to ourselves we're weak and incapable. It's even harder to admit it to our peers. So, instead of that, we're good at pretending that we have it all together. We act as if we're capable of handling the most challenging situations in life when oftentimes we really aren't. Truth be told, we are basically powerless to face most of what we will encounter in this world. Guess what? That's how God made us. This may surprise you, but few people we meet on the pages of the Bible grappled with inadequacy like Paul did. Paul tells us in his own words he rarely felt up to the task. We often find Paul contemplating the eternal significance of his ministry. Doing this, he wrestled with feelings of inadequacy. Let me read a passage at this point from his second Corinthian letter. It's in chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, and chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now, friends, here's the way that same passage reads in the New American Standard Bible. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one an aroma from death to death, to the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. But our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. My friends, there are five words there we do not want to miss. Our adequacy is from God. The King James Version says, Our sufficiency is of God. Can you imagine how those eleven apostles felt? Jesus told them they were going to start a worldwide ministry. He gave them the Great Commission, and they were to preach the gospel in all the world. Jesus told them to go and preach, and yet they remembered that they had deserted Jesus. Imagine their guilt and imagine their shame. And yet, because of Jesus, they were adequate to the task they were faced with. I want you, right now, look at that group by an eye of faith. Jesus has risen from the grave, victorious, and the disciples meet Him in Galilee. Matthew tells us in chapter 28 
that they worshipped Him, but some were doubtful. Think of the contrast that you have there. Eleven trembling, confused, doubting disciples. You also have present there the all-powerful, completely adequate, risen Lord. The disciples are human, limited, weak, feeble, and prone to failure. Jesus is God's Messiah, fully human and divine, all-powerful, all-knowing, and always present. Now think about who was present in that group. Peter, who had deliberately denied Jesus, a former tax collector. There were a couple of hot-tempered fishermen from Galilee. These men had witnessed miracles Jesus had performed. They had been there when Jesus calmed the storm. Yet, that night in Gethsemane, they had run for their lives out of the garden. I don't want to cause us to think that the disciples were low on intelligence or lacking in zeal and devotion. They were just human. They were devoted and they were willing, but they were inadequate. However, let's not be too quick to look down on these men. You and I just might have been doubtful too. You and I might have just run from Gethsemane that night just like they did. Their hopes had been crushed when Jesus died. Uncertainties lingered. Some were small and fleeting, and others were more significant and haunting. It was to these frightened men that Jesus gave the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. But notice the last thing Jesus says to them, I am with you always. That means, folks, in our weakness and in our inadequacy, we have Jesus. Dr. Luke picks up the story in the book of Acts. Jesus says they will receive power from the Holy Spirit. That was the point. They would need His power. In Acts chapter 2, we see that the power of Christ has been substituted for the inadequacy of their power. And as a result, Peter becomes the great preacher of Pentecost. My friends, you and I need Jesus to overcome our inadequacy. We must admit our weakness and our insufficiency. Remember, I mentioned Paul and his inadequacy. We don't think of Paul as being inadequate, do we? And we don't think of Paul as feeling insecure. But look at some specific examples in the life of this great man of God. He wrote to the Corinthians in the first letter and told them he did not come with excellency of speech. He also said he did not come with wisdom. He said he was determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And then consider what he wrote in the second Corinthian letter in chapter 4 and verses 8 and 9. He said, We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not forgotten. And then later in second Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about his thorn in the flesh. 
Paul overcame his inadequacy through the power of Christ. Do you remember that immortal passage in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13? Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. My friends, God does His best work in our weakness. God can take a weak, trembling, inadequate people. People like you and me. And God can use them. And God can make them adequate. He used a tongue-tied shepherd named Moses to lead a revelation. A fallen shepherd boy king was a man after God's own heart. Peter became the great preacher of Pentecost. Saul the persecutor became Paul the great apostle. It yet remains to be seen what God can do with me. And it also yet remains to be seen what God does with you. Yet, for God to do His work in our lives, we must make Jesus Christ the Lord and Master of our lives. If Jesus is not the Master of all of your life, then Jesus is not Master at all in your life. You can make Jesus the Master of your life by coming to Him in simple trusting faith, repenting of everything that's sin in your life, confessing His name before men and being buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of past sins. That, my friends, is the simple process that makes you a Christian. Nothing more than a Christian. Nothing less than a Christian. And nothing else. Just a simple New Testament Christian. Doing things just the way they did on Pentecost. Just the way the eunuch did when Philip preached Jesus to him. And just like the jailer in Philippi when Paul and Silas talked to him about Jesus. If we can assist you in your obedience to Jesus Christ, we would love to have the opportunity to do so. We hope you're enjoying the opportunity to visit together about the things of God and Jesus Christ. And we would invite you to come and worship with us at the Center Church of Christ. We love you. The Lord who died for you loves you. And we want to see you in worship with us. Our time is gone. So until next time, May the Lord richly bless and keep you is our prayer in Jesus' name.